0: Hey, 10 days into a brand new year. I just want you to know that I was checking the warranty book this morning. <laughs> it's too late. We've passed our expedi- Uh We passed it. We have to live it. We just have to go through 2021. Um, expiration date is already, you know, I guess it was a seven-day trial, and I missed it. So we're, <laughs> we're three days past that, and so now we're, uh, we're in 2021, and it's crazy. But, you know, Jesus, um, through... His brother, James, says, consider it pure joy. So whatever we're going through, whatever you're going through right now, I want you to consider it pure joy because as you persevere with him, the promise is that he's making you mature and he's making you complete. I don't know about the maturity part. I don't know, don't know if I'll ever be mature, but I want to be complete in him. So we are into a brand new year. We are following Foursquare right now. We are a Foursquare church. We do believe that Jesus is Savior, Healer, Baptizer with the Holy Spirit, and that He's coming back. And so we are a Foursquare church, and they are, through as the girl said so great earlier in the announcements, FoursquarePrayer.org is a 21 days of prompts that you can read every single day. They'll send you an email. You can sign up. It's really, really good. If you're like me, and sometimes my list is so massive, like who am I supposed to pray for? What am I supposed to pray? This is helping me just like shoo, narrow it right down to I can pray, and then I can go back to my list. So 21 days of uh, prayer and fasting, and uh, I don't know, fasting comes in many different ways. Um, I did have something so precious last week. I didn't even ask permission to share this, so I won't give them names, but they were so excited to come up and tell me that their fasting Um, from milk and bacon, and I was like, bacon? That is such a sacrifice, (laughs) because I love bacon, Um, but it's just so cool, because, you know, and so when we, hey, we're going to give something up for 21 days just to say, hey, I'm serious, God, about 2021 and what you're doing, and my part in that. You guys realize that we all have a part, In 2021, that God has prepared us and prepared this time just for us. (sighs) After washing his disciples' feet, Jesus said, A new command I give you. You know, the commands that they already knew, the commands, but Jesus said, I give you a new command. And so, can you imagine just the excitement and the tension in the air? Like when Jesus says, I give you a new command. I can just imagine in that across that table, whatever that table looked like. I don't think it was a long, skinny table where they all sat on one side. Okay. It's photo op, yeah. Big selfie. But um, can you imagine? I, I just believe they all kind of leaned in a little bit. And Jesus said, this is my new command to you. I want you to love one another like I loved you. Whew. Sounds pretty easy. Sounds pretty simple. But I believe that that's, I mean, this is right before Jesus was going to go out and pray and get arrested. Jesus said, I want you to love one another like I've loved you. The world will know that you belong to me, that you are my followers. You will be an example to the world if you do one thing, and that's to love one another. In church, I'll just say that I don't think we're doing a very good job at that. He doesn't ask the world. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to give a new command to the world, the people that don't follow me. This is a command to those who follow him, love one another. Love one another. And so what does that look like? Well, I'm just going to trust him to show you what that looks like. But it isn't hard. I don't have to write a book on how to love my neighbor, right? I just need to look and see and help and serve and care for my neighbor. It's interesting. All things new is focus, is the focus for week number one. All things new in my life. So Foursquare got really personal and said, This is what our life looks like once we're saved. All things new in my life. And I want us to kind of look at our Bibles. We're gonna look at three passages just real quick. Um, And I purposely am not going to put them up here for you um, because I want you to be able to grab a Bible and know how to turn in, in there, even if I prompt you with page numbers, even if you have to go to the very beginning and figure out, that's good. Don't be embarrassed that it takes you a while to figure out where. Don't be embarrassed. There's no shame here. The fact that you're here to me is a miracle and it's a work of God in you. And so don't be embarrassed. Like, I don't really know where to find it. So if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Andrea's back there. She's wearing an RCC sweatshirt, and she's all, she's all geared up to go. And I think her, yeah, her and Trish are on the same team this morning. So good job. Okay. Hey, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I'm going to share a couple verses with you, and you guys know these. If you've been following Jesus for a while, you know these verses. All things new in my life. These are like personal pursuit of Jesus verses. These are like daily walking with Jesus, my daily dedication to him. You know, Jesus said that we must, if we're going to follow him, that we must deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Okay, well, that sounds way harder than just love one another, right? (laughs) But I must, I got to deny myself. That's a whole another message right there. So when we're saved, he makes us brand new. He gives us everything we need, and he fills us up. And Second Corinthians five seventeen. Oh, I'm gonna have to put my glasses on. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you are a follower of Christ, and you have said yes, I am going to lay down and deny myself, and take up my cross, and follow him. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. We are brand new, and, and the picture I get is like, God pulls us. I'm a car guy. Any car people in here? Anybody like cars? Anybody could care less about cars? Just, <laughs> you have a really nice car, uh, some people just get in the car, just A to B, that's all I need, just A to B. A to B with a little bling is kind of cool. And, and so I, I like cars. I always like cars. Um, and so the picture I get was you're a new creation. That God pulls us. He brings us into a whole new, I call it a kingdom shop. He brings us into his kingdom shop. And everything I need is there because he is there. And he is, he makes me new, but it's a, how many of us know that that's a process of being made new? The declaration over you is that you have been made new. Jesus looks at you as new, and then, but we also know there's this churchy word called sanctification, and that just means it's a work in progress. We are all works in progress. The Holy Spirit is continually working in us. And so, the picture is that we were made brand new, that he, God just doesn't like sh- throw on a coat of paint on you and kick you right back out, that he brings, in, brings you into his kingdom shop and he does a complete restoration of you. That is even better than brand new. I mean, have you ever seen like those barn, barn finds? They, they find a 67 Chevelle Malibu in somebody's barn that's been sitting there for, well, man, the 60s were a while ago for a long time, <laughs> and they pull it in, and like, man, this car is almost perfect. We just need to really clean up. There's a few spots. There's like there's rust in the door panels, and so you can't just paint over rust. Church, if you just try to paint over the things in your life, and you don't deal with those things, they will bubble through, and people will see it, and it's not pretty. And so in order to do that, you have to cut that rust out, and you have to put brand new metal in. And then you have to grind it flush with the old. And then it looks brand new. And so that's what Jesus is doing in us in the sanctification process. He's, he declares us new, but He's making us new in His kingdom shop. Some of those cars have old, ne- like, like mice builder and rats. Even bees' nests, they find in these cars because they've just been sitting out in a barn forever. God pulls that stuff out. I mean, the enemy has, maybe for some of us, the enemy has built and, like, footholds, the Bible calls them, like, nests in us. And God reaches down and he pulls those things out. But he doesn't leave us empty. He fills out with what's supposed to be there. Brand new, brand new in those places. The rust and the rot, he repairs, he takes care of, he pulls those old nests out, he rewires us. Man, we need to be rewired. And so he rewires us, he changes us, changes the way we think, and that's what I love about what Foursquare is doing this week. We're going to get into some of those prompts here in a minute, and we're actually going to stop and pray. Um, in the middle of a sermon as a church, and we're going to pray through these prayer prompts in just a few moments. turn over to Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter, 1051, if you have a black church Bible. So not only make us brand new, but he gives us everything that we need. Second Peter chapter two, verse three. 1051. His divine power, God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him, because we know him, he has given us everything we need because he has called us by his own glory and his own goodness. Man, I love that. He pulls us into his kingdom shop and he's restoring us and he gives us everything we need. We will not find what we need from anyone. We will not find what we need from anything. We will not find what we need from anywhere. It has to be from Jesus. He's the only one that can meet that need in your life. Now, does he bring people in your life that build you up and support you? Can you go and just chill on the beach for a while and just feel his presence? Yes. I can't wait. I want to do that this year, as soon as the state's open, and I can go. I want to go worship God on the beach. Yes, but if I just put my hope in the beach, I'm going to show up at the beach, and I'm going to be as empty as I was if I sitting in my living room. Because my hope is in God. My hope is in what Jesus has done in me and what he's doing in me. Now, one more verse, Galatians chapter Five, verse 22. Some of you guys know this one. You could, you could shout it out. Not only does he make us brand new, not only does he give us everything that we need, but he supplies us. He fills us. He gives us his Holy Spirit, to, and his Holy Spirit leads us, guides us, teaches us. His Holy Spirit corrects us. Have you ever been doing something? you got to feel like the Lord says, nope. Yep, that happens to me all the time. I'm working on my wiring, and I want to hear him even more. So when I'm going down that path and I hear it it's like, nope, don't go there. When I start having those thoughts in my mind and, and all that stuff that's going on, that the Lord would say, he's rewiring me. Nope, don't go there in your mind. Remember who I am. Remember what I've done for you. Remember what I'm doing in you. You are in my kingdom shop. I've given you everything that you need everything that you need. And then he fills us with his Holy Spirit. And then there should be evidence in us. I mean, if you read Galatians chapter 5, it's amazing that life by the Spirit, we're not going to get into that whole thing. We're going to read one verse, actually two verses. But he gets into, hey, you used to be, your wiring used to look like this, not good. You got all kinds of rust and rot in your life. Your wiring is way off. But now that you are in the kingdom shop, this is what I've given you. This is the fruit that should be evident. When people look at our lives, they should see this. The fruit of the Spirit is, can we say it out loud together? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I love that line because if we live this way, you don't have to worry about the law. That's what it's talking about. You're not guilty of anything because love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. My Bible calls it forbearance for patience. I think the translator was just like, "Oh, I hate the word patience. So I'm just going to use forbearance. It sounds way better. It's like this endurance. It's this patience. of, That's a big word. But our lives should show these. It should be evident. The things that when people look at our lives, it should be evident. People should be able to see that, yeah, this, I can see love in them. I can see joy in them. Do they see patience in us? Do they experience kindness when they're around us? Do they experience gentleness when they're around us? Do they experience that? Do they see that we are people of self-control? Sometimes we're just eight fruit people. We forget about the ninth fruit. But they're not separate fruits. That's one big fruit. One big, unique-looking fruit. And those are all the different flavors of that fruit. So he makes this brand new. He gives us everything that we need, and he fills us, he fills us with all kinds of amazing things. This week's prayer prompts, I just want to put them up here really quick, and I want us to stop and pray for a moment um, this morning. These were the prayer prompts for every single day this week, and I just want to read them out loud. We won't spend a lot of time on them, um, the, the pastor's challenge, just to read them, right? So, everything's all things new in my life was the focus last week. So, God gives us a new heart, and that comes through confession, repentance, and restoration. God gives us new thinking, the whole wiring thing we were just talking about. So, having renewed minds and higher thinking. I mean, some of us think real, so low of ourselves because we've never had somebody come alongside of us and tell us that you are valuable that you are worth it, Jeremy. You are worth it. Because people don't come alongside of us and tell us that. And we have to change the way we think about ourselves. We have to think of ourselves as God sees us. And hey, I grew up in the church that told us that we were worms. And part of that, I mean... I mean, I get kind of that. That before I knew Jesus, yeah, I was a mess, yes. But now that I know Jesus, and even before I knew Jesus, you know, even before I knew Jesus, he still died for me. Even when I was, man, I was wicked and bad. In that state of who I was, Jesus died for me. And so we have to change and renew our minds to see, so who am I then? We are new creations in him. We were in a kingdom shop, and he's rewiring us, and he's pulling that rod out and those weird nests and all those weird bugs and stuff like that. He's taking those things out and restoring us brand new. New mercies. God is faithful. Every, every morning, new mercies. He gives us new strength through <laughs> this is a good one through patience and endurance. Let's just skip, skip that one. No, oh, patience and endurance. Come on. New birth and reconciliation. Born into a new family. We're going to talk about that. New outpouring, fresh anointing. That's what we've been praying for, early morning prayer. We've been praying, God, Holy Spirit, will you bring a fresh, a fresh anointing on each one of our church members, not just our church. We're praying that for other churches in our area. God, that you would bring a fresh, a fresh anointing on your people to love you even more and to serve you even more and to be able to love our neighbors even more. And then to remember that we have a new future, the promise of His peace and His hope. And I just want to stop just for a few moments, and I want us to pray as a church. And just a few of you, popcorn, wildfire, uh, Krista calls it popcorn prayer, or just, we just, just, just go, right? And so I want us to pray for a few minutes, and then we're going to get into week number two, okay? So can we stop and pray for a moment, though? A new heart, new thinking, new mercies, new strength, new birth and reconciliation, new outpouring, and a remember that we have a new future. Let's pray, church. Thank you. Thank you. God, we're so grateful that all things are new in our life. And God, all those new things that you give us by your Spirit, God, we open our hearts to receive your uh, word says that when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of God rushes in like a mighty rushing water. Breathe on by the Spirit of God. So Father, I ask that you release that over all your people here and watching, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, release the flood and the breath of your Spirit. And yes, Lord. Yes. yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Thank you. Lord so we just declare these new things in our life God these new heart and thinking and mercies God and uh, hope and strength for a future Lord and we, just, yes. <coughs> we thank you for those things and we declare them we just need Lord your word says that Philippians 4 eight. think of what is pure what is noble whatever is praiseworthy and I pray that we all recall on that work you've been doing in our lives, that those yes. good things, those pure and noble things, those praiseworthy things. And I pray that we bend into that promise that your work in us will be fulfilled and yes. will be complete. So I just thank you for that, Lord, all the work you're doing in my life and the lives around me and in this church even. So I just yes. thank, that for, thank you for all these things and pray in an advancement of that new heart, new mind, and these things here. Thank you, yes. Lord. Yes, yes Lord. Lord, I pray that every uh, every one of us take you in into our hearts and know that nothing is bigger than you are. Yep. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us will take in your word and will always look at you as our Savior mm-hmm. and always love us the way you you love us, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. God, that's what we pray. These new things for new, fresh anointing, Lord, over every single one in this room, watching from home, in our in our community, in our neighborhoods, just a fresh anointing and a hope for the future. Lord, that we would step out in faith and not in such uncertain times that we don't put our hope and trust in what we see on TV and what we read in the news. Our hope and trust is in you, and you've called us to today. And you've prepared us and prepared today for us. And so may we walk in it. May we step into it with boldness because of your fresh outpouring, with courage because you speak to us and say that we have the strength to do those things because our strength is not in us. Our strength is in you. And we want to walk in that, Jesus, in your name. Amen. You know, like you, I watched the news this week and um, saw all the crazy stuff and, that was happening. And um, I don't know about you, but, like, I get kind of riled up and kind of get mad, <laughs> get, like, angry, like, this isn't right, this is, it's just crazy, it's out of, it's chaos, the song we sang. Who can take that chaos and turn it back into order? Only God. And I was reminded in that, that passage in Second Chronicles, or you know, and we've you know we kind of just shoot it out of our mouths if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I'll do, that. but that is such a prophetic word for us for god's people, and that prophetic word is not, hey, if the rebels who are breaking windows, if the rebels who are shooting one another, if the rebels no, the message is to God's people. So if you consider yourself, and I hope every single one of you do, consider yourself one of God's people, that message is to us. And it is if we, as God's people, who are called by him, yes, but if we, God's people, will humble ourselves and turn from our wickedness, and if we pray, then what is his promise? Then he will hear, he will forgive, and he will heal. He'll take care of all of them if we do what we're supposed to do. And so that's why I want us to stop and pray. Say, man, we have to get serious about the world that God has placed us in. And it is a spiritual battle. If you're watching the news this week, It's not just a physical battle. People, this is a spiritual battle. And the only way we can fight is to pray. And the weapon we've been given, we've been given this as a weapon, and we have the Spirit of God who swings a sword that is sharper than anything you'll ever see that will divide perfectly what needs to be divided. So if we humble ourselves, if we pray, and then if we repent and turn from our stuff, then God will do that. Then God will forgive, God will hear, and He'll bring healing. Amen? Amen. Hey, week number two, and you're like, I thought we were done. I'm just getting started. All things new in my community. All things new in my community. So the first week, Foursquare said, hey, I want you to, I mean, we don't do it very often, but I want you to focus on yourself. Have a mental health day. Have a mental health week, which is good. I want you to focus on yourself and look through like, hey, this is what I need. And so spend time with God. Now we're jumping into all things new in my community, all things new in my church, You know, when we're saved, and we're brought into that kingdom shop, then he just puts us on this perfectly, this beautiful deserted island, and we just live happily ever after. And we never have, it doesn't happen. What does he do? He sticks us with a group of people that we don't know, that aren't like us. And he says, I want you to love one another. That's the church. And our church, we shouldn't be able to look at one another and say, yeah, you look like me. You act like me. Now, the longer we're together, kind of that happens. And there will be times where we'll have a tendency to kind of be drawn. Like a few of my buddies, we got together and cried for three and a half hours yesterday from about 140 to about four something. (laughs) You know, and we mourned and wept together, and we're angry together watching the Seahawks play. And, um, you know, and so there'll be times where, yeah, we'll be like, yeah, I want to hang out. I mean, Tony takes some buddies out and they do a certain thing with targets. You know, not all of us will do that. Some of you will get together and, you know, you'll do things together. Yes, that's, that's natural and that's good, but we shouldn't all look the same. Otherwise, it would be like robots, right? But it should, it, this should be, <laughs> you know, the word that the United States uses, it's a melting pot. There's a whole bunch of us brought in together. That's the church that God saves and rescues. And, and as he brings us all into this kingdom shop, it should look different. Yes, yeah, should we love and serve one another? Absolutely, 100%. But our mandate is to love one another. And so that's what the church is. People right now are looking to see what Jesus actually looks like. You know, we can't see Jesus, but people can see Jesus. You hear me? We can't see Jesus, but people can see Jesus. And how they see him is through you. And how they see him is through me. And how do I act? And how do I respond in situations? Am I that chameleon that just blends in wherever I'm at? Paul says that he was all things to all people. That's not what he was talking about. So if I'm, in, if I'm doing my construction work, and I'm out there, and I'm in that group of guys, or if I'm in my softball dugout, with my guys, which we haven't been all year, but I still talk to them once in a while. And they're going to a place that I'm not supposed to because my wiring is being changed, right? I still hang out with them. I still love them. I still serve them. But I don't go there verbally or even mentally. But I'm there to support them and care for them. I'm also there to show them Jesus. And it's interesting, church, when you live that way, when you walk with him that way, people will see Jesus in you. And people will start asking you and talking to you. People that don't even think about God at all, they'll come to you and say, hey, you know, um, my mom has been sick. Can you pray for her? And you're like, absolutely. And you know, in the past, I would say, yes, I'll pray for her. And then I would just walk away. Use that moment to say, yes, I will pray for her. How can I pray for you? And then right there, I mean, be like Yasir, who's one of our missionaries that we're going to support in 2021. He would just stop right there, and he would pray. Be like Pam Olson, who will not walk away from that moment without stopping it out loud and interrupting you to start praying out loud for your mom and for you. That's how people will come to know Jesus. That's how they will see him. So we are the church. We're saved. Yes, we're different. But we're the church. You know, he saves us, and he places us in this new group, and we call it, a lot of times, I like to call it family that church is family. There is a negative side to that. And I just want to touch on it real quick today. It's because, and I've heard it, I've, and I hope my family hasn't experienced it, but sometimes we get so locked in with our new family that we abandoned our old family, and we leave them. Now, I know Jesus said, hey, I'm coming, and Those who follow me, yeah, there will be division and there will be strife because of what people believe about me. We don't really experience that in the United States. In Muslim countries, if you come to know Jesus, your family abandons you. If not, tries to hunt you down and kill you. I just want to encourage us Yes, God saves us and puts us in a place together as his church and as a new family, but that's in addition to the family that he's already given us. And is it hard to minister and to to love on your family as a Christian? Yeah. You know it's hard for Jesus. Can you imagine being Jesus' brother or sister? You know, the perfect one over there who never gets in trouble. Who's always talking about the Old Testament and what his father's doing. And he's not talking about Joseph. You know, can you imagine? They didn't like him very well. They didn't believe in him until after he rose from the dead. So ministering, I understand ministering to our families is difficult, but I want to challenge us to do that and not abandon our families. I was sitting here this morning And I was just reading through my notes. And I know this sounds hard to believe, but I got a little emotional. I usually don't get emotional by myself. For some reason, when I'm up here talking, I get emotional. But I just got to think about my brother and my sister. And so at 6.50 this morning, I sent them both texts. (laughs) Probably woke my brother up because he lives locally. My sister is on the road somewhere in her 18-wheeler. So she's two hours ahead of us. So she's okay. And uh, we need to love our family. So how do we do that? Well, first of all, we need to own our stuff. Our family knows us. They know what we were like before. And it's hard for them to forget that that God has pulled us into a kingdom shop, that he's restoring us. And so then we just got to show them. So we got to own our stuff and then we need to serve them, and we need to lay our lives down for them, and we need to love them. Sometimes you'll see it right, see results right away. Most of the time you won't, honestly. But you need to love them, and you need to serve them, and you need to care for them. In situations where before you get riled up about certain topics at Thanksgiving, and so now when that starts to go there, you're the one who... T- escalates that situation. And if that means you have to stuff your opinion in your back pocket, then you need to stuff your opinion in your back pocket, and you need to love them and serve them. It doesn't mean you get run over. You have, You guys hear me? It's loving and serving them, and having conversation with them, and, and being focused on them and their interests. That's how we will win our families for Jesus. And then we need to pray for them. How often do you pray for your mom and dad or your brothers and sisters? How, much, how often do you pray for your kids? And not just for the safety of your kids. I pray for the safety of my kid all the time. But how often do we pray that, God, I really want them to know you and for you to be present with them and in their lives. Man, we got to pray for them. He calls us into the church, and he calls it his body, that Jesus is the head of his church, the body of Christ. And I want to read this long, long passage to you, okay? This is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and this is Paul's description to the Corinthians of, hey, this is, how, this is what it looks like now. As the church, as you come in from all these different parts of the world, with all these different beliefs, with all this baggage, with all the old wiring, with all the nests, with all the rust and the rot, and as God is fixing all those things in us and he he calls us into one place, Paul's saying, this is how we should be. This is out of the Message Bible. So Pastor Eugene Peterson translated it's an accurate translation so hear me say that it's accurate it's just different than my niv bible new international version it's different than my nasv it's different than my king james because sometimes as i read it over and over and over have you ever been reading and then you just all of a sudden you like think through like i have no idea what i just read because i've read it so many times and so then when you read it in something like fresh, you're like, whoa, that really stands out to me. So I'm praying that you have a whoa, this really stands out to me moment as you put up with me trying to read out loud. So just put yourself in a place where you can hear. Put yourself in a place where you can like, receive his word this morning. So Paul says, you can easily enough see. How this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots. And then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we will come back and to drink, where we will come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek or slave or free, are no longer useful. We need nothing larger. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about how this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged And functioning together. You guys hear that? The body, the church, it's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If the foot said, I'm not elegant like hand embellished by rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it so? If ear said, I am not beautiful like the eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from your body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But also, I want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because... Of what you are part of. I want you guys to hear that. No matter how significant you are, it is only because you are of what you are part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand would not be a body, it would be a monster. You guys see that? You get that picture? An enormous eye or a gigantic hand would not be a body, but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each in its proper size and its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you, or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way the lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's part of your own body, you are concerned with it. It makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity. You give it honor, just as it is, without comparisons. If anything You have more concern for the lower parts than for the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion over a good head of hair? The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as the church. Every part dependent on every other part. Every part dependent on on every other part, the part we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. In one part, if one part flourishes, every other part enters into exuberance. So then we celebrate together, amen? This is the church. This is who we are. All different. Yeah, we have different parts to play, different roles to play. Yes. But no one more important, no one more important than anybody else. We are literally the body of Christ. The sports term is we're on the same playing field. The awesome thing is that he's brought us onto the field. And he invites us as his body to participate. You realize, if you are a follower of Jesus, we cannot do what we're supposed to do without you. And when that does happen, people burn out. People quit, they give up. Because we don't always all together function the way we're supposed to. And so my challenge to us, I want to challenge us. I want you to pray. Pastor Marcy was up here and said, I need help with our kids. Church, if we don't teach our kids how to walk with Jesus in 20 years, we think this nation is bad now. We need to teach our kids what it looks like to love and follow Jesus by loving and serving them. And so I invite you to pray Some short guy was up here leading worship this morning, okay? I'm not doing that because I want it to be the PK show, the variety show, and I'm going to go change my shirt in between services, and I'm doing that because it just needed to be done today. I love to worship, so if I I worship, whether I'm up here or wherever, I'm going to worship Jesus. I want you to pray and say, God, where, what is my part? You've called me into the kingdom shop. I've given you a couple pictures today. I'm on the playing field. Where do you want me to play? What do you want me to do? There are no bench players in the kingdom of God. Every part is important. Every single one of us is important. And it might be at home right now, like we received a note from Somebody this week at the church, a beautiful, I could tell they made the card and they wrote just precious, like they've been praying for you as, their, as a church, they've been praying for us as a staff. And I just read that, I was like, wow. And so if that's what we're doing right now, we're writing cards to people or we're making phone calls or sending emails or taking a meal to a neighbor or whatever it might be, there's no small part in reaching our community. He has called us to be the church, and he's called us and he's placed us as the church in this community, in the community that we're in. And it's big. We have a big community because we have people that live in Federal Way and Auburn and Lakeland Hills and Milton and, and way over there and way over here. And so wherever he's placed us, we need to ask God, God, where do you want me? Where do you want me? Can you stand with me? Jesus, this morning, (laughs) a lot of information today. We're thankful that you lead us and you guide us. Thank you, God, for teaching us, for ministering to us. Thank you, God, that you challenge us. And Lord, my prayer is with my brothers and sisters in this room and watching at home. God, would you show us Show us as individuals, yes, and then show us as your church the things that you want us to do, how you want us to be involved, no longer on the sidelines, but engaged with you in the kingdom that you've placed us. But we pray for those to our left and our right in front of us and behind us this morning. We ask for fresh anointing, a new depth in their walk with you. God, as you are rewiring us, as you're restoring us, as you're spraying new paint on those places, we thank you that you do that because you love us and you see what that end product will be. You see us. And so we yield to you this morning, Jesus, and we thank you that for all that you're doing, And we ask that you would do more for any healing that needs to happen in this place. Jesus, that you would heal. That the fresh wind of your Holy Spirit of healing would go across us. Lord, that it would sweep through your church and sweep through your communities. For your glory that many people would come and see. Because they want to know you. They want to hear about you and see you and experience you, Jesus. And we pray this in your name. Amen. 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 So good. All right. Lessons to you, church.